What's going on, all you gay maniacs out there? It's the one and only Gabe Gomez of That Dead Rabbit Social Club Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you guys for hanging in there, waiting for me to put up another one and another one. And I know it's been pretty hectic, but, you know, a lot of things are happening since 2020. We had the whole pandemic. Uh, 2021, beginning of the year, started opening up, uh, started making new connections and new this and new that. So a lot more to change on this podcast itself. However, I was looking through my podcast and I want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy, Brian Bernard. Of the two OGs podcast. Now, he just put up two podcasts most recently. It came up pretty good. Uh, they run about five to ten minutes. You could probably listen to both of them in about 20 minutes. And maybe even one of his first episodes. It's about another ten minutes. So you could probably hit up all his episodes. But he had talked about the Donda album by Kanye West. And Certified Lover Boy by Drake. So, those reviews are up. He put them up the other day. Both of them are great. So if you guys have not heard 2OG's podcast, yo, look for it on the Anchor. Look for it on your Spotify. And you're going to put 2OG's, apostrophe S, and then what I did was the parentheses and put old guys. Because that's what it stands for. It's 2 old guys podcast. Um, that's Brian Bernard. Uh, he, Like I said, he just put up a few. So, hey, give that guy a shout out. Give that guy a listen. That shit is banging. And, uh... I'm going to talk to him too. I was going to do the Donda album and I was going to do the Certified Lover Boy album. But hey, he beat me to the punch. But, you know, when I have him come over, we'll, we'll do a whole thing about the synopsis of how we feel about both the albums. I'm going to tell you right now, Kanye's album was garbage. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Certified Lover Boy had probably a couple of good songs. I did listen to him. I don't know what the whole Donda thing was because that shit was terrible. Anyways, that's another day. That's another podcast. Let's get into why you guys are here. Why my fan base has stayed with me so long. We are going to talk about the AEW all-out pay-per-view. Now, before I jump into this, and let me just tell you guys, if you guys did not get to watch AEW's all-out last night, whew, you guys are missing it. Now, keep in mind, I still watch WWE. I still watch New Japan. I still watch all the wrestling I can possible, but after, including Impact, but after every year, this whole year of all the, the let's talk about it, all the uh, pay-per-views that's been coming out, all out yesterday night was definitely the best. It was one of the best pay-per-views I've seen for a minute. And here is why. We had a 10-match card. We had some debuts. We had a title change. We had everything you can think of. And if you guys are ready, I'm going to get ready. But let's take a quick commercial break from all my peeps out there, and we'll get right back to it. So please hold on. Thank you, guys. What's up, peeps? How you doing? It's the one and only Gabe Gomez of That Dead Rabbit Podcast. And I want to take a second to shout out one of my sponsors, Army Surplus in Fontana. Now, this spot is great. It's going to be on Foothill Boulevard in Fontana, California. And here's the address. Are you ready? It's 17741 Foothill Boulevard, right there on the corner of Alder and Foothill. As for my father-in-law, Edwin... 
he got anything you can think of. Now it is an army surplus. So he got gear, he got MREs, he got boots, he got knives, he got honestly anything there. Go ahead, guys. Right there, go there. Tell him Gabriel sent you, and it'll be popping. What's up, peeps? We are back. So let's go ahead and jump into the AEW pay-per-view. Now, the first match started off with the 10-man tag. And let me tell you about this 10-man tag. This 10-man tag had everybody you can think of. And, well, not necessarily. But you had Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, Jurassic Express. Um, Who else? They, who do they fight? Oh, versus the Matt Hardy brand or... I forget what Matt Hardy's new thing is versus them, but it was a 10-man tag match. Oh, my God. It lasted probably about 20 to about 30 minutes. Match was full-on, rough around the edges. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's pop this. Boom, boom. Super move here. Super move here. Counter move here. Bah, 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 bah. And dude, that match was incredible. Now, I'm just going to bring up one specific thing about this match. Now, there was a spot, right, where Jungle Boy was on top of uh, Luchasaurus. Then you had, uh, I want to say, oh yeah, the dude from Private Party jumped off the top, got caught by Jungle Boy, and then Luchasaurus took both of them off into a beautiful, like, almost like, um, I kind of want to say whisper in the wind, but he was holding them, but it was like a backflip, Body slam. Oh, man. Incredible. Now, if you guys haven't been keeping up with your AEW, which is fine. Don't worry. I'll let you know what's been going on. We had Orange Cassidy finally get a good time to face off against Matt Hardy. Now, they did have a match on uh, Wednesday night. Or was it Rampage? Either way, it was still a good match. But for some reason, uh, you know what? I... I I kind of I've always liked Orange Cassidy. I think he's great. He's bad. He's a good dude. I, I like his gimmick. I like how he wrestles. But man, he came out to one of the best fucking songs of all time. Like I, the best song of all time. Like really, it was the Pixies out of my mind or what's in my mind. Oh God, tell me why the crowd was so lit singing every word to that track. Oh man, Orange Cassidy, bro. If you listen to if you listen to the Dead Rabbit podcast of yours truly, hey man, honestly, I just want to say you are really killing it with your gimmick. You are one of the best of all time. I don't care what stupid people say, and you guys know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about I'm not even gonna say his name because he does not need to be on my podcast. But you guys already know the drama. If you're into the wrestling into the wrestling vein. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, he used to be a manager. Let's just leave it at that. He used to be a manager and now he works for NWA. But I'm going to leave it at that. Not a big fan of him. But hey, he could talk as much shit as he wants about Cassidy. But with that match yesterday where he came in and tore it up and you got the crowd behind you. Dude, you were like 10 times over. Who cares what this fool says? Anyway, match was Great. Of course, Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, Jurassic Express, um, all came out with the victory there. Um, man, and that was actually a pre-show. That wasn't even the beginning, but that was the pre-show. 
And I, I kind of got thrown off a little bit because um, I thought they were going to do the the Battle Royale. But the, they end up doing the Battle Royale a little bit later on, which was pretty good. And I'll tell you guys why when we get there. But let's go ahead and jump to the next match. The next match is Miro uh, versus uh, Eddie Kingston. Oh, God. Let me tell you, these two veterans put on a fucking clinic. When I... I I don't want to keep saying it was one of the best matches, but it really was. Now, let's keep in mind, with their beef that they got going on, Miro has been champion, TNT champion for a minute now. I think we're going on maybe 200 and something days, but he has not lost one match. He's been on top of his game ever since he left WWE, which I think was a very good move for him. By him by him leaving WWE... Uh, Probably just helped him out a bunch, with especially with Miro. Miro, um, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, used to be Rusev in WWE. Now, Rusev in WWE, when he first came out, he was smash, and it was like a smash, uh, smash mouth. He was he was beating everybody, you know. And then, then they put him in a storyline, and then you know what? And I, I'm gonna do another podcast about this later about WWE, but. They put him in a box, and that box he could not get out of. So when he finally got released and he got to go to AEW and became Miro, man, he's been incredible ever since. Now, Eddie Kingston, a fucking legend. Now, I people that follow me know exactly how I feel, especially about Eddie Kingston. Boy, is incredible. Come on, dude. Eddie Kingston, I definitely put him up in my top five. He has such a good um, way of, of telling a story in a match where he's going back and forth. There was a whole time where they were chopping each other in the chest where he chopped he chopped Miro in the chest so much. Like, Miro, it looked like he got like a... Like, he was bruised. Like, you can see shit was broken. But the way he comes in, he comes in and he's, he's jumping. Like, he's like... Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what he reminds me of, but he just reminds me of a New York, just New York. And I'm not talking Brooklyn Baller. I'm not talking about Brooklyn Brawler. I'm talking about an actual New Yorker who you don't want to run into. God, these two put on a fucking clinic. Now, the clinic was amazing. The back and forth was great. Eddie almost had him. Eddie almost had him, and I was really pulling for Eddie, but... We're still early. We're still early. I want to say technically that's like the first match of the pay-per-view because we're in the pay-per-view now. Ah, Miro end up keeping his title and still the Redeemer, Miro. Now, there were so many good points about this match. Like I, I got, I'm going to tell you guys more than once. You guys are going to hear me see this. If you did not get to watch AEW All Out, figure out a way you can so you guys can watch this motherfucker. Okay? You guys got to watch this shit because it is so good. We'll go on to... Um, let's go on to the next match. Now, we have John Moxley going against... Um, I'm going to say his name so bad. Sotashi Kujima. 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 God, I sound terrible when I'm saying that. Anyway, a great back and forth match now. Um, um, <clears throat> Satoshi uh, Kojima is a veteran of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's great. He's, he's held the title consecutively. He held them um, uh, simultaneously with the IWGP 
Ah oh, man, he's great. And you know what? For Moxley, another person that's left WWE to being where he is. And I was actually there. So I was actually there when he first came to AEW. So, oh, I've been pumped since he came back. But the match he put on was very good. It was a great match. Great back and forth. Awesome match. He came out to Wild Thing. And I don't remember when they changed his song. Or maybe it was always the same. I, I don't know. When the first time he came out at... um. I want to say all in. It had to be all in. Uh, the Vegas show. Uh, he came out in all in. I don't remember that song being playing, but yesterday when I heard, this is like another thing where I think AEW is killing it because they are playing freaking, they have great wrestlers, they have great songs, they have great storytellers. Everything is is just top notch with them. And I I don't understand why nobody else is talking about this. Except for those like Wrestle Talk and um, what is it? Uh, wrestling, uh, WrestleMania, wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, those are all the YouTube people I watch, and you know, I, I, I'm just going off the cuff right now. So I don't have all your names. I know Wrestle Talk for a fact because they actually said hi to me. They shouted me out on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I don't know if you listen to me, but. It was cool, though. It was cool, though. It was cool to see fucking Ollie Davis shouting me out. So that was dope. Anyways, uh, Wrestle Talk, WrestleMania, and Reality Wrestling, and Wrestling News. Uh, I want to say it's called something else. Anyway, big fans of all three of those broadcasts that are on YouTube. So if you guys want to check that out, too, shoot down to your YouTube. Go through all your wrestling news, all your wrestle, wrestle Talk and WrestleMania. Of course, there's other stuff. Um, just check it out. It's great. It is freaking great. Anyways, we had this match where uh, Moxley came out and he was he was fighting Kojima. And like I said, great match. Back and forth was great. And it just looked too, like, two fucking beasts going at it. And John Moxley, uh, regardless of what some people say, I don't think John Moxley is technically a uh, Cactus Jack ripoff. I don't want to say that. Now, some people may have heard that and some people may have not. I heard that. I disagree with I disagree with that person 100%. He already knows that, but I'm not going to sit here and say he just took over a gimmick. He's not. His gimmick is way faster, way fast paced, way smash mouth. He's killing it. All right? And then like I said, Kojima's a legend and you got this these two legends are going to do both held the IGW uh IGWP titles in New Japan clashing and it was great anyway moxie pulls out the victory and here comes the first surprise of the evening lights go out actually no lights don't go out they're just focusing on moxie music starts playing and guess who comes out suzuki now, Suzuki, another legend in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Suzuki came out. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. That place jumped from 10 octaves to 110 octaves. That shit was a pop I haven't heard. And this was the first surprise. We're still barely in, like, the second match. We're not even midway. We are in the very beginning of the pay-per-view. Suzuki came out. Gosh, they did their back and forth thing. They're going back and forth, punches, elbows, punches, elbows. John Moxley had split his elbow earlier from Kojima. Uh, 
And then he like threw an elbow and it caught Suzuki and it looked like Suzuki had blood all over him. And that was the coolest fucking sight I've ever seen. As if I'm watching like, you know, if I'm watching like a fucking movie where the villain is getting the upper hand and he just wipes the blood all on him. Uh, of the, of supposedly the hero. Oh, that shit looks so cool. Like I said, that was the first surprise and it was just the very beginning of the pay-per-view. Bro, we are getting into so much that I've only told you about three matches so far. And I know some of you are kicking yourself in the ass like, damn, I should have watched it. Or I should have figured out a way to find out what happened. Because if you're getting this from secondhand, cool, man. Thank you guys for listening. I love you guys 100%. I'm going to keep doing it. I think I'm going to stop. Actually, let me go back. I think I'm going to literally stop with WWE. There's too many people covering it already. I'm just going to cover AEW because those are the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega. And since the Young Bucks are Rancho Cucamonga natives and I live in Rancho, I think I'm just going to focus on their on their stuff. So I'm going to talk more about them later on. As you, you guys already know. So I think I'm going to follow just AEW. I don't think I'm going to do New Japan anymore. I don't think I'm going to do WWE. Uh, I It's too much wrestling to keep up. So I think as of right now, starting today at 4.47 a.m., I'm doing just AEW. Plain and simple, I'm doing just AEW. Anyways, so let's jump back into it. Uh, right after that, oh, was what match was after that? Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. Here we go. The Dr. Britt Baker match. So we had Dr. Britt Baker versus um, Chris Stadelander. Uh, did I say that right? Stadelander. Stadelander. Hey, guys. How you doing? It's me, Gabe Gomez, and my lovely daughter. Say your name, baby. Geneva. We're going to give you guys a quick shout out on here's a few things that we like to do. We like to go to a park. So take out your kids, hit the park, maybe hit a ball around, kick a soccer ball. Sure. Tell them what you think they should do. Well, you take the cars and so you can walk them up. Your legs hurt and you take kids in the car and you go to the park and... And I will see my my friend with the blue baby. Uh-huh. And and I'll see her. We'll see her next time. So guys, don't just stay in your house. Grab your daughters, grab your sons, grab your kids, go out to the park. They're free. And, and it's fun. Huh, baby? And go to get your parents and your dog and your grandparents and go to get your dears. Yeah, take everybody. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Or Statalander. Statalander. I'm going to just say Chris. For now, I'm just going to say Chris. So Dr. Britt Baker versus Chris. Great matchup. Perfect match. Like I said earlier, they're going back and forth. Everything was back and forth. Counter after counter. Dr. Britt Baker hits a Pittsburgh Destroyer off the top rope. So she did it avalanche style. Beautiful. One, two, three. Chris is up. The match is still going. It was... One of the best matches I've seen in a women's match in, in in a long time, actually, just because in general, you don't get to see too much time for the women. Uh, they get like maybe five to ten minutes, ten minutes about to be the most. This had to be like maybe 15 or 20 minutes. 
had to be about 15 or 20 minutes for this match to go on. And this match went on for a while, and it was just great. It was an amazing match. I, I could not believe how good of a match this was. Straight 15, maybe maybe 20. It was just a good match in general. You could not sleep on this one, fellas. You could not sleep on this one. This one had to be good. So Dr. Britt Baker is still the champion, and we're going to find out at the Casino Royale who she's going to verse. My pick, Thunder Rosa. But what happens? You guys will not believe this. Okay, so the Casino Battle Royale is pretty much this. So every uh, person draws a card. Now you got five, five, person, five people draw the same card. Shape, whether it be a diamond, heart, clover, or spade. So each one of them, they they pick that, okay. And then the first five come out. So I want to say had to be the diamonds that came out first. Pretty good, pretty good. They had some hometown heroes. They had some legends, and then they had uh, Nyla Rose. I'm gonna say Nyla Rose came out probably in the first half, if not probably the second. Okay, so it was good enough match where. You know, it didn't get too crowded because usually that's probably part of the issue when you're watching a battle royale or like a royal rumble. There's too many people in there. You can't really see everybody get their defense in or get off their offense moves or even throw people out. At least in this one, you got to see a good amount of who got tossed out, who got kept in, what was going back and forth. It was, like I said, really good. Now, this match happened technically after the Jericho and MJF. But since I was just talking about Dr. Bitbreaker uh, fighting Chris um, Stadlander, I needed to bring it here. And here's why. So everybody knows one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is going to be Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is from Triple C MML. She's been in a lot of different places. And she's, one, she's uh, Mexican. She's from Mexico City, Mexico, I want to say. And she's one of my favorite wrestlers. When it comes, like, it's just amazing to see her. She's agile. She's quick. She's fast. She hits hard. She gets good moves in. She's bad. She's really one of the baddest. And I was, that was my pick. Okay? Now, she made it to the final two. But before that, you know, the next five come out. So it goes diamonds, then the spades, then the hearts, and then the clovers came out. And then you have a joker card. The joker card is going to come out later on. They're going to come out in about three, uh, five to ten minute intervals. I want to say it was like ten minutes for the second group to come out. Another maybe five minutes for the third group. Another five minutes for the fourth group. I want to say that's probably how they set it up. And then you had your uh, your Joker card. But everybody's going in there and out there. There was amazing moves from everybody. I Like I said, it's, it was good way to watch it. Visually, it was perfect. You can see every move, who was getting tossed out, what was going on, who was dominating. Now, I did have a problem. I had a problem with Nyla Rose because Nyla Rose is probably about six foot. She's kind of big. She is a main heel. She should technically be dominating the whole time. Just dropping them left and right, left and right. There was a time where she was getting dropped, and I was like, no, no. If it wasn't Thunder Rosa, I don't care. You know what I mean? So, Nala Rose makes it to the end, and I'm trying to think who was the, the fourth person. I don't remember the first fourth person too much. I just remember Nala Rose, Thunder Rosa, and our Joker card. And when our Joker card came out, 
It was a legit pop for me, myself. Because out of nowhere, Ruby Riot, now going as Ruby Soho, came out. Crowd went wild. She dominated the match. She made it all the way towards the end. So you're looking at those final three was Nyla Rose, uh, Thunder Rosa, and Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho, uh, Thunder Rosa, finally get Nyla Rose out. Boom. And now we got a match of the century, folks. I'm talking about an actual matchup. Now... Ruby Riot is one of the most underestimated wrestlers that WWE had. And I can kind of say that for, I felt like that for a long time because she was always really good in the ring, always good on the mic, never really bought, but they weren't like taking any time with her. At least here, she's getting time taken with her. So they had a good 10 minute match, Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho, back and forth. They're both over the top ropes. They're fighting on the you know, the barrier, and you know, the hardest part of the ring, they're fighting, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, to the point where Ruby was almost down, and then she pulled herself up, then Rose was down, and I was like on the edge of my seat at this point, and then boom, Ruby Soho wins the match, now it's going to be Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker for the championship at either Dynamite, Rampage, or maybe even Full Gear, we'll find out Wednesday. We'll find out Wednesday for sure what's going to happen. But that's another person coming out of nowhere. And this is just a few matches in, guys. And you're talking about surprises left and right. Surprises left and right. Almost too far. We're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But you had Suzuki. Now you have Soho. And we're nowhere near done yet. We are nowhere done yet. We're going to shoot all the way back to the Jericho MJF one. Um, good match. MJF is probably one of the best heels in the business. Literally the best. I love watching this guy to a point where I hate him. That's how I know you're good. If I hate the character you're playing, you are fucking good. I feel the same way with the dude from uh, Empire. Uh, I forget what his name. Ja- Jamal. Was it Jamal? Ah, I was the youngest one. I hated that motherfucker. I hated him. But he played that role so good. And here's MJF playing that role so good. Funny part is MJF came out first, but everybody thought it was Jericho because they're hitting the old countdown. So, the, you know, he was the Millennium Man in WWE when he came out. So that happens. And it's like, journal And everybody's like, oh, Jericho's coming. Jericho's coming because he had lost that song during the labors. During the labors, he couldn't use... His song. He couldn't use his song that everybody knows the words to. So, I thought it was Jericho. Pulled me, caught me for a loop. MJF comes out. He's flipping off the crowd, showing off his ring. He has, like, this championship ring. He's been champion for a minute. Like, he's beaten. He's never lost that ring. I don't think it ever goes on the line. And if it does, yo, correct me if I'm wrong. But, wow. What a match. And then, of course, Jericho comes out with, I want to say, his guitars from Fozzie because they were having a concert there not too, during the week, uh, even before All Out. So I'm saying it was him. And it could be. Playing the riff of the song, uh, Judas, the Judas song. And everybody, like I said, he lost privileges of playing that song in one of the things. So he had his guy come out, play it on the guitar. The crowd knows every fucking word. You are invested. You are invested in this next match. Everything's going good. And you're like me. You're pulling for Jericho to win. Because if Jericho did not win, the stipulation was he was not able to wrestle in AEW again. I'm going to be honest. 
Jericho, he's getting up there in age. And I feel like he's put in enough work to even be wrestling. But I do enjoy seeing him come out again and again and again and wrestling back and forth. Greatest, another greatest of all time who gets no, nobody, nobody sitting there calling himself a Jericho-holic except myself. I'm a Jericho-holic, always been. Um, funny story is like he, I, he was one of the first wrestlers that I, I got into WWE because I was more of a, WW, a WCW guy and I always liked Jericho. And uh, there was talks of Jericho going to WWE. This is like in the, this is like during the Attitude area. Like The Rock was still popular, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was still popular, and he was the Millennium Man. And I can remember vividly that day when Jericho came to WWE, and that's what made me actually turn more towards WWE just to see Jericho. Don't get me wrong, I've always watched it, but Jericho was on there now, and I was like, I really like this guy. I've never had a problem with anything. I think anything Jericho's tossed, he's going to take care, and people are going to, he's going to get over, whether it's a list, whether it's uh, Corazon de Leon, or whatever gimmick he gets, like the Millennium Man, he gets that shit over. He even got a fucking scarf over. Can we, can we be honest with ourselves? Who do you know can get somebody rocking a scarf over? over as Jericho. Nobody. And on top of that, a lighted jacket where I'm 35 now and I still want a lighted jacket so I can enter into a room. Come on, man. If I can have it, I would have it. Anyways, let me get back to it. I'm dragging my little Jericho thing. MJF and Jericho, great match back and forth. MJF obviously has the upper hand. He's catching them everything. Uh, everything he's getting. He's the younger talent. He's going against the veteran. He's been watching the veteran. He was part teams with the veteran. So he knows his moves. He knows what's coming next. And he's just countering after counter after counter. Hurts his mid-back. Now, you know, Jericho's softening up the back in order to hit, you know, the walls of Jericho in order to get him to tap. And, you know, working it. Like I said, storytelling. This is something that a lot of people are missing in the game right now is storytelling. You can't be invested in a match if you're not following exactly what's going on or what's happening. You, you can't be. You're not invested at all. You're literally just watching just to watch. But if you get invested, you can see the storytelling. You can see everything's going to a point where MJF gets the W, but then nobody noticed that Jericho had his foot on the rope before the three. Another ref comes out. We restart the match. Jericho hits the walls of Jericho. Almost to the part where he used to hit the walls of Jericho. Where he had the knee in the face. But he didn't. He kind of just stayed where he was. He's Like I said, he's probably gassed out. He's probably tired. Great moves back and forth. Gotta say, five-star match. Jericho wins. Jericho continues being a wrestler in AEW. What's up, peeps? How you doing? It's the one and only Gabe Gomez of that Dead Rabbit Podcast Social Club. Everybody that's been following me so much, thank you very much. I love every single one of you. But I'm going to give a shout out to a friend of mine who you can also find on Acre. His name is Brian Bernard, and he has his own show going on called Two OGs, also known as Two Old Guys. Great things, great things he's doing right there. Uh, he actually put up two more recent videos. I think I said that at the top of the hour, but he did it again. Uh, he did the Donda album and the Drake album. So have a listen, guys. Let's drop by. Take a look. Two OGs on Anchor or 
Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can get it. Anywhere you can get my podcast, you can get theirs too. So come on, support the dude. Follow it. Later. Okay, like I said, we're still talking all out. We are not done yet, folks. I still got a few more matches to go by. I know it's getting late. Thanks, guys, for hanging. Thanks for listening to the new sponsors. Thanks for checking out a few things that I've been doing. So let's get into this. Maybe we can do this more of a rapid-fire type thing. Actually, no. I'm going to talk about the Steel Cage match. Steel Cage match. We had Lucha Brothers going against the one and only Young Bucks from Rancho Cucamonga. Lucha Brothers out from Mexico City, Mexico. And we have a title right here, guys. Title's on the line, and it's going to be in a cage. What a great match. Now, every time Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks get together, I mean, since they first, I think it was like five years to the date yesterday where they first matched up. They've never had a bad match. Never had a botch. Never had a bad match. Matches are just been talked about. The very first one that they did for AEW was the Escaletto uh, death match. Was was it uh, uh, something? Anyway, it was a ladder match. Ladder match was... Five star of the year that year. Best match I've seen in a long time, too. And here we go. We are not shy of another best match contender. I'm going to stay five out of five. I care less what anybody else says. That still cage match had so much going on. So much perfect stuff. Like, I can't even stand it. Of course, you had the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. We know them. We've been following them for the past few years. We've been Lucha Brothers since, uh, you know, Fucking Lucha Underground, you know, Young Bucks from New Japan. You know, we had these groups that have always been around and they never cease to amaze me in any match that they do. We're talking counters. We're talking power moves. We're talking avalanches. We're talking blood being spilt. Wow, what a match. Cage match lasted probably about 30 minutes, I want to say. Maybe a little bit longer. About 30 minutes. Uh, still cage stipulation because the Young Bucks been winning with uh, the Good Brothers coming in and Kenny Omega coming in and, and handling business for the Bucks when they're losing. And then we got the Lucha Brothers that just won last week. So they had went against Jurassic Express, who was on the pay-per-view earlier today, who did not get to go for the titles, but they will. The, the Jurassic Express will have the titles soon. And I'm telling you that right now at 7.08 in the morning, they will have that. No doubt in my mind, but we can get back to that when it happens. So the steel cage match comes. Lucha Bros come in. They have the guest rapper. They're coming to through the music. They have the feathers on the head. They come in looking like warriors, Aztec warriors. They come in just the all ambiance of how everything came out. Wow. You know, like I said, never disappoint me. Young Bucks. Great intro too. Of course, they come to the Young Bucks song and Super Kid Party. Crowd goes wild. All that good stuff. They come out looking really goofy, though. <laughs> Their past few outfits have been looking real goofy. Like, I know they're heels, but they don't have to dress bad because they're playing bad guys. I, I'm not into it. I miss the whole fairies at the bottom and stuff like that. That's what I miss. But they're coming out. They are a little bit like more uh, tailored, polished up, and ready. You know, like I said, they come out they come out crazy. Off the bat, 
Young Bucks still look goofy to me in their new outfits, but, you know, they're the Young Bucks, and it's good. So this match goes on, like I said, a little bit, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Match is going back and forth, a lot of counters, a lot of power moves, everything you can see there, blood being spilled. Uh, Nick Jackson pulls out a shoe with thumbtacks out the bottom, and there we go. Now we're going to have some blood spill. You know how that goes. You know, everybody loves a little bit of blood spill. It's going to be Pentagon who takes most of the injury on there. They go back and forth. They fight here, there, off the top rope, off the cage. Just move after move, spot after spot. Gotta say, dude, like, that's a match for the ages. And I know I didn't get into it too much, but I'm going to have to do, like, a special dedicated, like, hit-by-hit steel cage match type review. And I might do that. I I don't know. We'll, We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But... We come out with the Lucha Brothers winning victorious. New champions, guys. We've got new champions. It's going to be the Lucha Brothers. Everybody's excited. Crowd's going wild. Like I said, they came out on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders. So I'm talking about a real slobber knocker like JR used to say. Great match. Great setup. Great storytelling. And then we come to another one. CM Punk versus Darby Allin. So before I jump into that one, I'm going to talk about a quick match that they end up having. They had the Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White, first match today against QT Marshall. It's pretty much a squash match. Big Show comes out. Uh, well, actually, he's Paul White now. So his original name, Paul White, comes out, squashes QT Marshall. Great, great thing. I mean, anytime Paul, Paul White smashes or, or squashes a, a guy, I love seeing it because he's getting up there, and he is literally one of the Ed Legends legendary giant or giant men of all time. You know, he was the giant in WCW. He was Paul White in WCW. Uh, He was the big show in WWE. Or maybe he was Paul White in WWE. I don't remember. I think it was a big show. I think he probably came in as Paul White. Then he was big show. And then he was just been big show. So he comes out. He's part of AEW now. Like everybody knows about this already. He quickly squashes QT Marshall, which QT Marshall is a good wrestler. Uh, not a real huge fan of him, but I do know him. He's a good wrestler. But for anybody to squash, you know, QT Marshall, Paul White's got to do it. Not even a weapon of mass destruction. Not even a WMD. Just a straight choke slam. Game over. One, two, three. Like I said, real quick squash match. It was great, though. And then we come to the main event. But let's go jump back to the CM Punk and Darby Allin match. CM Punk comes out looking great. You know, crowd's all into him. I thought Darby Allin was going to win, though. I I really had a feeling that Darby Allin was going to take this match out. uh, A good, like, oh, you know, he's putting kids over or whatever. And he did. He put them over without even losing. But CM Punk still got it after seven years, guys. Seven years, no ring rust. He didn't seem slow at all. He seemed like he's been on top of it. Probably still working, you know, probably still doing it on occasionally. Or, you know, at least keeping it work out. You know, UFC was not that good for him, but... Who cares about UFC? I don't. I only care about CM Punk. So CM Punk looks great. Crowd electrified when he comes out. Everybody hears him. Everybody says it's clobbering time. You know it's clobbering time. CM Punk had most of the match this one. I'm not going to lie though. CM Punk had most of the match and that's why I figured Darby Allen was going to have a quick comeback and then, you know, end up winning. But he didn't. But 
you know, CM Punk, man, dude, seven years out the game, has not missed a step. Not missed a step. Looks great. Looks great as a vet. You know, looks good as, like, one of those people that can always perform when he comes back. And, you know, seven years. Come on, dude. There's nothing I can say besides how awesome CM Punk is. That's why he's going to go down as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And you can fight me if you want, but it's CM Punk. CM Punk's the GOAT, bro. Plain and simple. Plain and simple CM Punk. You know, CM Punk hits... Darby Allen, Darby Allen always setting up the coffin drop, and he had set it from the coffin drop, and uh, looked like CM Punk was gonna do it. End up playing possum, moved up, kind of like how the Undertaker used to get up. Boom, hits it, and then he gets him with the GTS. Good night, one, two, three. Darby Allen loses. Sting comes out, shakes Punk's hand. CM Punk shakes Sting's hand, and CM Punk grabs Darby Allen by the hand, gives him a handshake, and say, "Thank you, kid." For making sure that I still got it. Thank you for making me look good. And wow. Wow. What a match. Definitely another five-star match. A lot of five-star matches, I believe, that were in this uh, in this all-out pay-per-view. Like I said, you don't have to agree me with me. You just have to listen to what I'm saying. You know what I mean? But it was great. Great, great, great time. And here we come. The last, the final, the main event. I hope you guys are ready. Because I am. That's when all the good stuff happens. All the good actions come out. Here we go. You guys ready? Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Championship match for the AEW title. Here comes Kenny Omega. Well, Christian Cage comes out. Now remember, Christian Cage just won the title off Kenny Omega off Rampage on the first episode of Rampage. Took back the Impact title. Or... Yeah, yeah, to crack the Impact title, so now he's part of Impact. So that's the good thing about AEW. They're working with a lot of people. They're still working with New Japan. They're working with Impact. They're working with GCW. They're working with a lot of cats, man. They're working. They're they're making sure they always got something fresh, and that's why I'm going to give it to them. You got Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. Championship on the line. Kenny comes out looking boss like he is. You know, Kenny's a fucking boss. He has to be... Not only one of the greatest single wrestlers of all time. We'll see. You know, he's a good tag team too, but he, he dominates in singles competition. He's great. He was the belt collector earlier this year. He's only lost the one. I think he got a triple A match coming up too. Like he probably got a lot. He got a lot of things going, but they're making sure that Kenny looks like a million bucks, which he is as the EVP. You better be looking like a million bucks on any time you come out. Anyway, but let's not let's not let's not count Christian out though. Christian, another veteran of this game. You're talking about thirty years. Thirty you know, thirty years in this in this game. Uh you know, Kenny, same amount. Great veterinarian uh great vets just killing the game. Christian coming back here and first hitting the switch, the kill switch, jumping off the jumping off the top, sparing him into a table. Wow guys, what what is going on here? I, I can't. I don't understand. I don't understand why people are not up to up to these these two. Kenny Omega, Christian Cage put on an absolute clinic. Kenny Omega still champion, but you know it's all good. He's Kenny Omega. Christian had Christian had the advantage a couple times, but then he had to take a one winged a, a one winged angel. 
and that was it. One, two, three, Kenny Omega, still champion, and that's the end of the pay-per-view. That's the end. That's pretty much the end. So it was a great match. Had to be about 20 minutes, 20, 25-minute match. So we still got about 5 to 10 minutes left on the card. You know, nothing's coming out. Kenny comes out, and he's talking trash, and, you know, he's doing his thing. And then, you know what? Let's just play it for you. You guys ready? Here it comes. Are you finally starting to understand, Chicago? Best in the world this, best in the world that. I don't care if you have hometown heroes. I don't care where you came from. No one is on my level. Absolutely no one. I've proven it day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. And it doesn't matter where I go. But one thing's for sure. When it comes to this AEW belt, the only people that would ever have a chance to beat me, ever, are either not here, they're already tired, or they are already dead. Lights go out, baby. Who's coming? Jungle Boy getting up. Adam Cole hits him with the super kick. Adam Cole is part of the elite, guys. He's still part of the elite. We'll see what else happens. Are they going to jump him? Yes, they are. I don't believe what I'm seeing. There are your answers, Tony. This is astonishing. What a turn of events. of the almighty Steve Urkel. Did I do that? You really believed me, didn't you? You really thought I was scared? This guy's one of our best friends. Tell him, Adam. 
send the crowd home happy. So without any further adieu, I must bid you goodbye and good night. Crowd is on fire. Here we go. It is the one and only Brian Danielson, part of AEW. He is all elite, everybody. That's the all in review with yours truly, the one and only Gabe Gomez. As you see, now we have Adam Cole in AEW and Brian Danielson. I'm lost for words. I got nothing else to say. And with that, I bid you adieu. So good night. Thanks for listening. I've been Gabe Gomez. Come on back now. <laughs>